But Brienne asks, she's like, my lady, what is it? Is it some news of your sons? And this is I have it. no sons and, but well, Rob! Yeah. What up, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. I'm Nate. Joining me, as always, is my brother, Jack Off Zach. Well, ahia. There he is. We're just real a chipper on this podcast today. Yeah, we are. Anyway, if you've joined us before, thank you for coming back. If you haven't joined us, we are full spoiler. This is your warning at the top of the show. Go away now, because we like to talk about it all congruently. Unless you don't mind spoilers, in which case, who gives a fuck? Nah. Bran and Rickon aren't really dead. It was just a faux paw. A faux paw. There it is. Anyway. Yeah. Last episode, we were reading Tyrion 12. He still has a few more chapters left in the series. He was initially preparing for a meal with his sister and got some news as he was making his way there from Varys that the Stark boys had been killed by Theon Greyjoy. Whether that was true or not, they weren't there to decide. And he gets into the meeting with Cersei, gives her that news. She's not pleased. Then she drops the bomb that she has his whore. And she didn't. No, she has Elia, and Tyrion plays it off as if it were Shay, and Elia does as well. And Tyrion promises that he will hurt Cersei for this, and says that any bond between them that caused him not to cause her harm because of their siblingness is is ended now. And she better watch your fucking back, yo. Watch your fucking back. And with that, he took his leave, returned to Shay, and found that he couldn't quite pleasure her the way he wanted and she wanted and ended up just laying there listening to her breathing kind of thinking about his fucked up sister and so this episode we are joining catlin and this is catlin's last last the final chapter chapter in a clash of kings and so last we left catlin catlin has been pretty broody about the whole situation. Yeah, between Ned dying and Edmure not listening to her and taking it upon himself to, you know, issue the commands in in place of Hoster, um, leading his armies out to face the Lannisters successfully, apparently, at the moment. And she's just not thrilled with it. She has this uneasy feeling during all that battle, even though she can see him winning. Mm-hmm. She still wasn't... She was like, hmm... This isn't sitting right with me. I don't like it. Yeah, Brienne joined her service and has been diddy bopping at her side. Has Catelyn's been pretty harsh on her as far as the beauty and the acting like a lady, but Brienne's a badass, so Cat needs to chill. Back off. And <clears throat> yeah, it's Cat's. I don't know. Cat just brings a gritty, moody realism to the books that's just been pretty dour and. This is our final, final scene bit of that. with her. And uh, as we jump into it, uh, I mean, we're full spoiler. This is Cat and Brienne will be having dinner, and then she has the discussion with Jamie. And I just think the way Martin sets it up is so fucking brilliant because this is the last bit we're going to get with Catelyn and Jamie Lannister, both. And so. Jamie's about to become a POV that right, we're going to get. Right. And so this is the first extended dialogue that we get with him where we get he's quippy, he's intelligent. Right, right. He, but he's a smartass and he's arrogant and he's very callous and doesn't seem repentant at all for the evil things that he's done. 
and just the way it builds up, knowing that we're going to be getting him, and the fact yeah. that he only calls Brienne wench when they're together, you can see the foundation for that here. Where yeah, that witticism coming in, and and also just he's been captured for what a, a book and a quarter about yeah, quite a while. He now. was about three quarters into Game of Thrones. He was taken captive at Whispering Wood, and so in all of this book, and this is the only time we've seen him right. is this conversation which i think is absolutely intentional to show how far he's fallen but how right beautiful he still is I mean, in Cat's yeah, eyes. so pretty... we but open with cat and brienne yeah alone in the great hall feasting um well brienne is feasting all the other people of the the, the castle are out celebrating yeah, their fucking party um what are you pointing at over here it's Something going dark like Make sure. Oh, that, I yeah. get ya. I get ya. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, technical stuff. They are. Where was I? They're in the Great Hall eating. She had sent away all the servants, even. There's nobody left to serve them, so they are actually just by themselves. Yeah, everybody. And it's pretty gloomy in there. Between her attitude, one of the torches has gone out, and Brienne's, you know, just. Now, at first I was thinking that Brienne was just shoveling food into her mouth. I don't think that's actually the case. I don't think that Brienne's some kind of slob or anything, or that she no, eats I think very Catelyn loud. Is just it's just very hyper sensitive. Yeah, it's right very now. quiet in there with just the two of them. That's the only noise that's being made. Is and her she's cat is definitely in a very, either a mild or a severe form of shock. She just got the news that her two youngest are dead. Right. She's still responding to that. It's this very day. That, that morning. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, yeah, of course she's hypersensitive to Brienne's fucking eating, and, like, I feel you, cat. Yeah, and she can't blame, you know, the people for not caring, because, A, they don't even fucking know, and, B, like, they didn't know her boys the yeah. way that she knew them. And she goes in to describe, you know, they'd never seen Bran climb. They'd never had that fear as well as that pride when he's doing those things. I think uh, this little bit is an example of two things. One, a lot of people claim that Catelyn dotes on Bran a lot more than any other child. And I think that's evidence here as well because Bran is just climbing and fucking making Mama proud and terrified all at the same time. Whereas little baby Rickon, he was just a baby. They never smiled to see Rickon trying so fiercely to be like his brothers. So again, we get the description and the wordplay of fiercely associated, fierce associated, so fierce associated with Rickon, where the fierce eyes were looking at John in this chapter. Now, I also to further back that theory of yours, the following line I think is even more important. He never so fiercely tried to be like his brothers. Yeah. There's only one brother left in Winterfell right now for him to emulate, the one with green sight. Yeah. So if he sees Bran constantly training with the the reeds, learning how to enhance his green sight, what else is Rickon going to do but try fiercely to be just like his brother Mm -hmm. and learn the green sight? So maybe this little kid's a fucking savant of green sight. Like, he's just handling it right there. Yeah. But So it, I like the way it was written. It said, Brienne, like, Cat notes that Brienne is eating like it's another chore to be accomplished. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think she, Brienne is picking as well. Brienne is in here because she's depressed. She just lost Renly still. Right, Like, right. she's still devastated by that. And so she's, I think, 
similar to Cat, where she's just picking like every yeah, now and then, right. absent-mindedly putting a piece of chicken or something in her mouth. But she, Cat, thinks I am become a sour woman. Song and laughter have become suspicious strangers to me. I am a creature of grief and dust and bitter longings. I mean, Stoneheart. Yeah, Stoneheart imagery. There is an empty place within me where my heart once was. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, um, Archmaester June mentioned it as well. I really also agree with her. Um, This chapter is where, and granted, we've been pointing it out throughout. They are almost exact mirrors. We're starting to. Well, I was going to mention Stoneheart is really starting to reveal herself in this chapter. Like this is where she's that that cold callus is finally kind of. Because she just lost her two babies. Mm-hmm. Like, this is that breaking point now. And she already, she'll say shortly as well, that she's pretty sure that Arya's, Arya's dead, dead, too. She's lost Ned. Like, her father's dying. So, what else? Like, she, this is it. Yep. She's fucking done, man. So. Yeah. Um, And also, that line struck me as well in Archmaester June. Mentioned the, the comparisons to Cersei yeah. here. And uh, between... The last chapter we saw Cersei in the Tyrion, where it's just dinner in conversation between those two. Yep. And now this one is just dinner and, conversation. and then conversation with Kat and Jamie. Yeah. And so it's it's a super good mirrored reflection. And well, as especially because well the hot topic points touched upon of their children. With, the children, losing their children, yeah. is the, the theme for both Cersei and Catelyn at the moment. And watching their different reactions, Cersei lashes out. She's very antagonistic and aggressive taking action before even perceived but similarly cat does the same type of thing where she makes these plans and plots to kill and fucking wants these wishes death on these people however she she i Follows think is a little more logical calculating yeah. yeah where she, she i'm never going to get the chance to strangle right. cersei as much as i'd want to right. i need rob to defeat and that's what and Martin does really good. Again, we're gonna the format's gonna be slightly skewed with this episode just because the it, there's so much dialogue right. that happens in this that we're not gonna pick it that necessarily that way. But um, how you know? Full spoiler: we know that she does. She asks for the sword. She doesn't kill Jean. No, he she breaks his chains, and for her to show all this contempt throughout the whole chapter and just this hatred. And then to twist that comes Storm of Swords, mm-hmm. like this surprise motherfucker. Right. Like it's she's... a it's a Cersei it's a very Cersei thing to do. Yeah. Of how can I use this person to get my children safe? And right. that's exactly what Kat's doing here. And it's they they are very similar women, and it's very interesting to watch the difference. And Archmaester June also pointed out. Stoneheart and what Cersei becomes later in Feast, this hollow, yeah, horrid shell of a, shell yeah. of a woman. And so it's so interesting. But it's at this point that Brienne's eating begins annoying Cat. Yeah. And in my notes, I just wrote same because I'm annoyed yeah, by the sounds of people absolutely. eating. Absolutely. And so, so she's like, like, why don't you go down to the party and you'd have fun down there? Go, You could go eat down there loudly and no one would fucking hear you. I like Brienne saying, I'm well content. Nah. I'm not, I'm not meant for parties. I'm good. That's it. So she's the yeah, she's the kid in the corner at a party who's just like, mm, you don't yeah. talk to me. I don't want to be yeah. here. Yeah, and Cat kind of sympathizes, gets why, and you know, doesn't really force her to. When all of a sudden she realizes that she's just fucking blurting everything out that she, for some reason, was keeping a secret. Yeah, there she was hadn't an, told anyone. There was another bird this morning. No one but her and Maester Vyman were aware of its contents, and she had originally intended to keep it that way, but she's. 
as she starts to kind of yes. talk about it, she berates herself, telling herself that holding it secret won't make it any less true. Now, and this is uh, something that I noted heavily, just because I kind of deal with this stuff. And, like, it's not, like, it's not uncommon, but, like, it's fucked that she's sitting there putting that on herself. Like, it's all, you know, between keeping it a secret. Like, of course you don't want to talk about it, because that, that makes it real. It doesn't make it less true, but it does make it But who real. else is there that would share in her grief? Like, right. Brienne doesn't know them. Lord Hoster is dying. Rob yeah. isn't there. Edmure, Edmure yeah. is busy and he's not there being yet, a lord, playing anyway, a lord, yeah. And... Just in general. And so, yeah, to sit there and, like, hold that to yourself like it's this shameful act. You've done – you didn't do anything wrong, but that technically is part of grieving. Like, well, absolutely that's it. Keeping yeah, you, that in you, and... you put it out in the universe, and then it's something you have to deal with. Right. And she continues saying that the bird had come from Castle Kerwin, from Sir Roderick, her castellan at Winterfell. He is marching with all the men he could muster to take Winterfell back. And she thinks just how unimportant all that fucking sounded now. Which is very important. Her boys are dead. Considering the next chapter will be Theon, and so we'll be most likely directly seeing that result. I also think it's important because of Stoneheart and the GNC. How unimportant all that sounded now. So the loss of her boys has completely, like, she doesn't care who holds Winterfell. Right, right. It doesn't matter to her. Her boys are dead. So... Will the, when does she find out that they're alive as Stoneheart, and will does that renew or does she have a renewed interest in? Because the GNC kind of bases a whole lot about Rob's will and whether, right, but right. that kind of constitutes a, a concern about Winterfell. And so I just thought that was a very interesting line that she's yeah, yeah. giving up on Winterfell even in this. And I I get that it could just be the grief of the moment, but I just. You know, looking for Stoneheart stuff, thought it stood out. But Brienne asks, she's like, my lady, what is it? Is it some news of your sons? And this is I have I, no sons it, well, but Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's pretty dramatic. Like, And she manages to say that she didn't sob, but I essentially hear it like that. Yeah. Just... She didn't know how else. Yeah, to well, and it's it. not a not to shame her. Like, no, how else Brienne do you phrase that kind of thing? She's losing it. Yeah, like, she's starting to vocalize right. it. And Brienne is just horrified. She's like, um. The f- my lady? What the fuck does that mean? And, and she tells her the boys tried to escape, but Theon fucking strung them up. Like, yep. They kill- were taken uh, at uh, a Acorn Hill, yeah. Uh, and he's mounted their heads on the win- walls of Winterfell. Theon, who ate at my table since he was a boy of ten. And Brienne just reaches across the table to, for a moment, take Kat's hand, but then stopped as if the gesture would be unwanted. Yeah. So Brienne's uncomfortable with physical. Absolutely. I mean, understandably. Yeah, definitely. The way she's been tormented. And so once again, Kat blames herself about Theon doing this because she had thought that he was a bad person that might do something and turn on Rob. And so she's saying, like... I mean, she's right, but essentially it was Rob's mistake. But that's it. She did counsel him against sending Theon. Right. And But she still is like, it's my fault because I I thought that the bad thoughts. Yeah. Brienne just says, there's no words, my lady. Your sons are at least with the gods now. And Kat says, are they? And she just rants about what kind of gods would let this happen. And she recalls... What kind of gods would take a baby? She recalls the scars on her hands and the dire wolves. And she supposes that Theon must have killed the wolves as well. She was certain that the boys would have been safe with their wolves. Like Rob is with Grey Wind. But even my daughters have no wolves now. And so Kat has come to see the significance of those wolves. Which in 
that's I mean, that's a big part of like brands alive in summer and Shaggy well, and had a big part to play in that, yeah, leading absolutely. them away and yeah. on the wild goose chase. And so you're right, they they did keep them safe. And it's, I think it, I just loved Brienne's response here because yeah, like because she, like, she turned to the shit. daughters and like Brienne's like what. The, the fuck do your yeah. daughters have to do with anything? What, huh? Sansa was already a lady at three. All courtesies and pleasantries. She loved tales of knightly valor. She'll grow into a woman far more beautiful than I ever was. Arya was a trial, it must be said. <laughs> half a boy, half a wolf pup. Forbid her anything, and it became her heart's desire. I despaired ever making a lady of her. She collected scabs as other girls collected dolls. I think she must be dead, too. And this is when it feels like she just gets punched right in the chest. Yeah, because She's I... saying it aloud. Yeah, like, exactly. She's, she's basically, in her mind, acknowledging that her children are dead. At least three, the three youngest. And Jesus, like, yeah, that's a realization to be hitting y'all at once. And then she just says, I want them all dead, Brienne. Theon Greyjoy first, then Jamie Lannister, Cersei, the Imp, everyone. Ellen Payne. Everyone. Joffrey. Everyone. The Tickler. Everyone. Sorry, yeah. I just like her list. No, yeah, yeah. Like dead. mother, like daughter. She's got her mm-hmm. own little list as well. And Brienne says that, well, maybe the, the queen will take pity in hearing oh. and send you your... And so, Cat almost laughs dude, at Dude, and that's why I love Brienne for this yeah, reason. Yeah, it's adorable. It's that naivety that she... She exudes. It's you and know. that's the, I think when even Cat softens to her and is like, "This is the person I wanted to come yeah. to with this," because she smiles sadly and says, "There is a sweet innocence about you, Brienne." No, it will be Rob who avenges his brothers with ice. Ned, Ned's great sword, ice. And it was always Ned who said that the he who passes the sentence should swing the sword. So now I just thought it was funny because I think this part was very. Lady Stoneheart esque, um, and contradictory. But she says she she knows that he's going to be the one, but oh how she wishes it was her that could have their heads because mm-hmm. that's how they're going to do it. They're going to take their heads. Rob will not be the one taking their head. No, they'll be taking Rob's head. Right, and Jamie and that then... will leave the them for. Lady Stoneheart to enact that where Jamie Lannister currently I is just, headed uh, at this very moment in canon. Exactly. Yeah. So Yeah, the the full circle of it. I um, sent him wine. I sent him wine and Brian's like, What the fuck, dude? Rob Br- or Brian? Like who, the what the, like who I, you, what? Ned. What? Yeah, and she's like the King Slayer and thinks it had worked for Cleos Frey, getting him good and drunk. Hopefully Jamie Lannister is good and thirsty. And she says, I want you to come with me, Brienne. I'll need you later. And Brienne's like, yeah, of course, my lady. I'm yours to command. And Catelyn's like, cool, chill, eat. I'm going to leave so you can fucking make your parade of noise in peace. But come midnight, I'll send for you. Yeah, yeah. She goes up to see her father. Yeah. And it's... uh... It's pretty chill, basically, uh, Meister Vyman. Oh, I do, did just want to mention when Brienne's like, why so late? She was, And she mentions that the, the dungeons are windowless, so one hour is no different from any other down there. But for me, she says, all hours are midnight now. Like, that's a pretty fucking dark. <laughs> that's a dark outlook, cat. But, yeah, she goes up to her father's. She can hear the celebration outside, and she gets mad at them, thinking, my father's not dead, you motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Edmure's not lord yet. But 
She can't blame yeah. him still, like, you know. Right. So she goes up, and the Meister's like, yeah, I just gave him some sleeping stuff. He's not going to be doing anything. He fucking, oh. Do you want some, too? And she's like, and I think that this was the the first responsible thing, besides just talking to, about it to somebody with Rien, but the first responsible thing was her saying that, I will not sleep away my grief. Brandon Rickon deserve better. Mm-hmm. That's basically what she initially did when Bran fell from the window. Yeah. She fell from the window, was thrown from the window. She ignored all of her children because of her grief because for of Bran. Her grief, yeah. And it was bad, like, to where Rob was having to, like, beg her to come help with Rickon because yeah. she, he, they couldn't. And so I think that that just shows her perseverance in this, like, she losing those two. And she's still growing from what she had done before and especially in their name like no they deserve better than that right. i can do more now i also liked the line of about her father the way he's laying there pale and basically dead she thinks that he is more dead than alive yet still more alive yeah. than my poor sons which i think is an interesting contrast because essentially bran is being trained by someone who is just about as immobile as lord hoster tully yeah. and as frail and so maybe destined to become that and so he's more like just the more dead than alive yeah, type thing of... and associating well, same with, with Bran her as a ow, I hit my as Stoneheart. Yeah, right. Stoneheart with the more dead than alive. And so yeah, she grabs his hand and thinks that no matter how tight I hold him, I can't keep him here and she let him go. I really yeah, I really like that physical representation where she even was trying to let go of his hand mm-hmm. while saying let him go like you need to understand that he's not here anymore. Let him go, but I just can't do that. And yeah, that was represented the, in the lack of hand. You know, pulling like, someone off of life support yeah, type decision where, like, he's not here anymore. He's so fucking right. out of it, so drugged up all the time. And so she instead tells him of a dream she recently had about the, uh, I believe it was about the time that she got lost with Lysa. Her and Lysa got lost riding back from Seaguard. Some strange fog rose and they fell behind the party. Lysa immediately began to cry because there were strange sticks that seemed to grab at their clothing, but Peter knew where we were and rode back and found us. But now there's no one to find us now, is there? Lost in the fog. And saved by Littlefinger. Yeah, an interesting little anecdote there. And then she, you know, she says, I've been thinking a lot of the Stark words, winter is coming. Well, winter has come for me, motherfucker. And she wants her girls back. She wants Bran and Rickon back. She wants... And then yeah, she just kind of loses and, yeah. it and just lay, sits there for a while. Just listening to Sir Ryman singing up from down below. Ryman and, the Rhymer. Motherfucker. And uh, it was a while. She didn't even realize it had ended when all of a sudden fucking Brienne is chilling at the doorway. Like, yep. sup, bitch? You ready to go? And so Cat does finally, finally release her father's hand and follows Brienne. And they go down and Cat bullies the Gaylor into opening Dude, I love how it, how it went down. Because he was like, well, th- the thing is, we were told by Lord Edmure that we're not supposed to let anybody in without a written word from him. And she was like, oh, did my father die and not <laughs> nobody told me? And he was like, what, no? And she's like, well, then how about we walk up to my my father's solar and you can explain to him while you're... And he's like, no, 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 no never mind, we're, we're good. So, yeah, he goes and unlocks the cell, and she's like, "Get the like, go back to your ale and leave us the fuck go alone. Go fuck off. And as he does, she tells Brienne to see that she isn't disturbed, so Brienne immediately posts up outside the door, and 
Catelyn shoves her way in, and shit is rank in well, here. Yeah. There's, There's an a over, big pile of shit. Overflowing shit pail, and the wine sits untouched next to the door, and there's the mound that is Jamie Lannister of just disheveled. He covers his face because the light. His voice is hoarse with disuse as he tells her that he is in no condition to receive her. My lady, yeah, I'm in no fit condition to receive you And she now. tells him to look at me, sir. And he does. Yeah, and we get that first, like... Good description yeah, of and, Jamie. And, like, you want to say that, like, he looks haggard? Because he does look haggard. He's got the full beard now. His clothes are just fucking decomposing yeah. off of him. His hair is wild, br- like, the bright yellow. Like, I like that he's so descriptive about the yellow. That like Yeah, blonde. he's like, like a lion with yeah. his crazy mane and of hair. the big beard. But he still looks handsome and beautiful under there somehow. Yeah. A shaggy beard covered his face, once so like the Queen's, which I liked, was an interesting. He looks less like Cersei yeah. now. He's more lion. Manly, yeah. yeah. His whiskers, glinting in the torchlight, made him look like some great yellow beast, magnificent even in chains. His hair was long and tangled. His clothes were ratted. His face pale and wasted, and even so, the power and beauty of the man were still apparent. Like, Damn. Mm. Damn. Stud. So she asks him, oh, you you didn't have any of the wine. And he's like, well, such sudden generosity seems somewhat suspect. Thank you for not being a fucking idiot, Jamie. All of a sudden, out the blue. Yeah, you're going to just give me wine and... He says that she looks terrible, basically just talking some shit. And yo, he's talking mad shit. I like, and not that it's okay to to womanize like that, but he's just like, man, yo, like, you're looking. You hag- can't blame him. He's, he's been, been, been in, been, yeah, it's it, prisoner like, of yeah, war. Like he's been in a fucking cell, for shitting this, in a pail. But that's for, it for this long, and he just, man, you look terrible. At this point, it well, like, look kill at him, me, kill me, yeah, yeah. like, well, that's that's the and worst. He's just like, do. yeah. So, yeah, he's just giving her shit. He asks if she's come to add more bracelets to his, and she tells him that he's earned it with his escape attempt, and he tells her that a cell is a cell. Some under Casterly Rock make this seem a sunlit garden. Perhaps one day I'll show it to you. And she right here thinks if he is cowed at all, he hides it well. Oh, yeah, he's he straight up telling her, like, maybe one day I'll be lucky enough to have your fucking ass on the opposite end of where we are here. And he's just getting started, man, because yeah. she... She ca- tells him, like, you should speak more... A man in chains should speak more courteously, and she isn't here to be threatened. Oh, fucked then, <laughs> is essentially how yeah. he comes off with it. Surely it is to have your pleasure in S- me, then. Slip on out of that gown. I'll show you a good time. Like, I could use it, I suppose. It's said that widows grow weary of empty beds. I suppose I could still be of service to you. And she stares at him in revulsion and thinks, was there ever a man as beautiful or as vile as this one? Dude. Which, with where it's going, he'll be partnered with one Brienne. who is as vile and beautiful yeah. as Brienne, where it's the contrast, personality, beauty. opposites, yeah. She's a vile-looking human being to most everybody, but Jamie is handsome, and he's, he's vile, vile personality, yeah, yeah, yeah. the complete contrast. 
And I love it that Brienne is literally standing five feet yeah, from right this there. conversation. And she says, Rob would have killed you if he were here to hear that. And he shakes his chains. He's like, as long as I'm wearing these, though. We both know the boy is afraid to face me in single combat. And she's like, the boy, they, and yeah, they just go back and forth for a while. It, which does lead to him delivering one of his most famous lines from the TV show, I believe. Um, there are no men like me. Mm. There's only me. Oh, no, no, no. Not, not quite there. Because oh, she, she begins you. to grow weary of it and says that there are things oh, she must know of there. him. My bad. No, yeah. you're good. Yeah. And he's like, why the fuck would I ever tell you anything? And she says to save his life. And he laughs. And he's like, and similar to Ned, you think my life is some yeah, yeah. great import to me? Like, and she says that surely his crimes have earned him a place in the deepest hells if the gods are just. And he gives. Gods? What? what your gods? The trees that your husband prayed to? Like, I love that line. The trees your husband prayed to, because... Uh... Yeah, because I, I put here, he insults Rob, then he insults the old kings of the north, and then the northern gods. Yeah. Because he's like, so did the, the old god, uh, old northern kings also run around hiding behind their mother's skirts? Uh-huh. It's like, dude, dude, Rob would be pissed. If the gods are just, why is the world so full of pain and injustice? And she says, because of men like you. Yeah, and this is where uh, good thing we're full spoiler or else <laughs> I would have ruined that. There are no men like me. There is only me. And she says, or thinks, I'm wasting my breath with this one. If ever there was a spark of honor in him, yeah. it is long dead. I put, she says, fuck this, I'm out. Basically. And she leaves. She heads for the door. Yep. And so we're going to do the same. See ya. Drink the wine and or piss in it, sir. I don't care. We have a small council to convene. See ya. Welcome to the small council. That's all I'm doing. Oh. You go. Sup. <laughs> anyway, this is where we like to give you our <laughs> socials and let you know how to get in touch with us so that way you can hear more of that awesome content Fuck right there. Yeah. Um, whether you are looking to submit abductees or just have a chat about a song of ice and fire, let us know, you know, random tidbits about your or life. Or you just want to hear know. our delicious voices saying your name into directly into your little ear holes. You can do that as well. You can do that as well. So the easiest way <laughs> and most common way to do that is emailing us without manners brotherhood at gmail.com. If you can't find that, then just open your ear holes, man. It's not hard. You know. It's uh, there. Google, not Google. Go to our website. Go and to our website. There's a, way, a little link there that you can click on. Google. Our website is www.brotherhoodwithout.com. Got it. I killed it. I'm killing it today, man. And uh, just because it's the theme of things and we certainly don't want to let things die down, just remember that uh, Black Lives Matter. And if you're still out there processing, keep going, doing important stuff. We are beginning to see slight change and talk of change. And so we need to keep pushing to ensure that it continues. The message is starting to be heard. Yeah. Well, the discussion is starting to be had. Exactly. And we need to continue pushing. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep trying to donate if you can donate or help out any cause you can that is progressive to this movement because... You know, common sense and 
basic human decency. Right. So if you would like to reach us other places, you can find us on social media. Twitter, at Manners Without, is where you can find Nate. Zach is up there, Carstark92. The Instagram is at Manners Without as well. We have our Facebook group, facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. That's also where you can find the private group that's there. The Brotherhood Without well, Manners. I mean, you're not going to find it unless well, you're in the Patreon. Yeah, I mean, you might be able to see it there, but it's you won't be able to get in. Yeah. You'll be denied. We've got bouncers out there. We've got some some fucking big thugs. Some some cell swords. Brienne. We I, I I suppose she's been inducted plenty of times. She's out there fucking. Like she's doing it for cash. She is doing it for cash. So, so speaking of, let's stop doing this shit. Okay, let me give the Patreon so that way they know how to get access to that. Oh my group. goodness! Patreon.com/slash without manners. I appreciate your help and support in this, Zach, as well as the support of all of our patrons who give us a little bit. Their support's us. more important. Then shut the fuck up so I can thank them for it, man. They are what allow us Talk. to upgrade our Shut equipment. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> what do you want me to do here, guy? Thank you, guys. Thanks for helping us upgrade all our stuff. We appreciate it. And if you would like to join them, do so at the link I just said before. And rate us, review us, do all the good stuff. We'll catch you on the chapter here. She's almost at the door. She's about to grab the handle. My lady, wait. Yo, actually, this is a humanizing moment. No, like, absolutely. My lady, oh, hold on a minute. Like Things now, go to rust in this damn shithole, even a man's courtesies. I think that's incredibly important considering what like you pointed well, out. Well, because, it, yeah, he's he's still, and then he goes on to say, you stay and you'll have your answers for a price. Like, I'm not, you know, this isn't some sudden, like. I'm still your captive. Yeah, I'm not going to be your best friend. I, I'm still going to tell you you're an ugly bitch, but. If you want a tit for tat, we can tit for tat. Like, I didn't know that's what you were coming in here for. So, like, you want to talk, let's talk. And she turns and thinks that he has no shame and tells him that a captive does not set the rules, the, yeah, the terms. Yeah, he tells her, you know, my terms are modest. I just want, I want answers too. Yeah, answer, answer my questions, I'll answer yours. Truthfully, you didn't say nothing about the truth. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, he quotes his brother. My brother Tyrion often said, uh, people often claim to hunger for the truth, but seldom like the taste when it's served up. I love that he quotes Tyrion. I mean, they're adorable. The devotion they have toward each other, where Tyrion looks up to Jaime so much, but Tyrion is obviously the most intelligent person Jamie knows, and he knows that and credits Tyrion with right. that multiple, multiple times throughout this chapter. And he asks for the wine. He's like, eh, eh, all right, then. let's have that. So she gives it to him, and he takes a nice swig and asks her, all right, what's your first question? And they play 20 questions. Yeah, they do. She wastes no time asking immediately, are you Joffrey's father? And he's like, you wouldn't ask that question if you didn't already know. And she's like, I want to hear it. From, from your fucking He's like, lip. yeah, so are the other ones. Yep. Next. Uh, and, and that's two. Yeah. <laughs> he asks, uh, my turn, If all, do all my kin still live? And she tells him that Sir Stafford Lannister was killed at Oxcross, but he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. All he Sir cares Dipshit. about is Tyrion, Cersei, and his father. All three are fine. Yep. She asks, how was it Bran came to t- fall from that tower? I threw him. <laughs> that's what, which is exactly what he and does. And it stuns her. Like, yeah. just the 
the casual, I, yeah, I, I pushed him. I shoved him. I threw him from the window. She is like, holy shit, and thinks, if I had a knife, yeah, I would I, kill him right now. And he's like, well, he shouldn't have been spying on us. It's his own fault for mm-hmm. getting thrown. She's like, what? And he's like, well, if you're not going to blame him, blame the gods for putting him up there to see us in the first place. <laughs> it's, it's their fault. Yeah, she goes on saying, you meant for him to die, and when he did not, you sent his cat, your cat's paw to make certain that he never woke. And he says, takes another swig and says, did I now? I won't deny we spoke of it, but the boy was attended constantly by you, his maister, the, his brothers, guard, like, his father. And so if he was more I were going to, to do that, it would require cutting my way through half of Winterfell. Why bother when it seemed like he was going to die of his own accord anyway? And she's like, mm. Don't fucking lie to me, or we're done here. Yeah, he's like, dude, I just told you I threw him from the fucking tower. Right. Like, why That's would I valid. lie about this? So she this shows point. him the scars and asks if he swears it that he has no part in sending the assassin. On my honor as a Lannister. And I mean, not to be fucking savage for savage, recognize real, cat fucking kicks over his shit pail. Yeah. Your honor is worth less than this as it starts running toward him. Like, uh, can you imagine the in. fresh stench Dude, that that released into that? And the... she doesn't fucking, mm. like, she is a badass bitch, like, yeah. down here in the dirt interrogating someone herself, like, and he says, I may have shit for honor, but I've yet to hire someone to do my killing. If I wanted your precious brand dead, I would have slain him myself. And she can see that he is telling the truth. She's, and she says that to her. She's like, oh my God, he's he's fucking serious. Yeah. He didn't do it. Then it must be Cersei. And Jamie says, if it was Cersei, he'd know. She keeps no secrets from him. Mm. There it is. Mm-hmm. He's, that's 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 untrue, Jamie. No Sorry, secrets. Sorry, bud. Tyrion even is patch as... Fa- wait, even... It's not Patch. Moonboy. It's Moonboy. Yep. Even Moonboy, for all I know. Tyrion is as innocent as your Bran. At least he wasn't climbing around spying on oh, people. Oh, it's right there, yeah. Yeah. And a cat's like, nah, it was his fucking dagger. He won it from Peter Baelish during turn- the tourney on Joffrey's name day. And Jamie drinks a little more, and he's like, yeah, okay. Describe the dagger, and she's like, it was like yay long, Valerian, dragon bone hilt, fucking swag. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I recall this. such a dagger. Didn't belong to Tyrion. How did he? How did he? Lo- oh, he lost it. But he see, here's the thing, though. He only bets on me, and this and that, like explains it, which then trips her out even further because she's like, Tyrion said the same. This thing. is the exact same thing, but these two haven't seen each other in over a year since they departed Winterfell. Yeah. Meaning, since Jaime went south to King's Landing and Tyrion headed north to the Wall. Yeah, she straight up says in over a year. So, like, yeah, they're not. It's not some lie. Their stories collaborate. Collab- hmm. Corroborate. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. And he uh, says, it goes on to say that it didn't, the dagger didn't need to change hands, though, as Robert showed it to me later that night at the feast. We are full spoiler reread. We all know that Joffrey sent the cat's paw. Yeah, it's like he a 99% went, confirm, confirmation. He went to, alluded to the baggage train and the loot, uh, the treasure the great fucking weapons cart that yeah. robert carried with him everywhere found a sweet dagger and to show his father that he could take action it is thought yeah, that yeah. he was uh, someone who could handle the situation because i think he heard overheard robert saying it would be a mercy exactly if he to, were just dead him. to just die 
And so, yeah, this is setting that up a little bit where, yeah, Robert had the blade. It was Robert's, and it was in the baggage cart on the way to Winterfell. But this also sets her wheels to spinning about Peter Baelish yep. and whether he's being honest with her or not. Right. And she doesn't like that. Jamie says that he's beyond lying or caring about what anyone thinks, and now it's his turn for another question. Have Robert's brothers taken the field? And she's like, yep. And he's like, bitch, you start doing that, and we're gonna, we'll are gonna we do K answers. You want to do K? You, you want to do K? K? I'll text you I'll King. do K. And she's like, all right, yeah, Stannis marches on King's Landing. Renly was murdered at Fritter Bridge by his brother by some black art I do not understand. And he's like, that's a shame. I like Renly. <laughs> that's too bad. He got murdered by black magic. I like that guy. <laughs> Which side of the Tyrells taken? And she says, Renly at first. Now, she couldn't say. And he's like, well, your boy Rob must be quite lonely then. Hmm? Boy. And she's like, uh, Rob is straight slaying it, queen. Like, he just <laughs> took the crags, so don't fucking, don't come in here with that shit. Has he fought my father yet? When he does, he'll defeat him like he did you. And then he tries pulling the, yeah, that was just cowardice and tricks. Craven's he, trick. He's just a, he's a little trick. And she's like, yo, Tyrion literally just sent, like, a peace envoy here to break you out. Fuck you talking about trickery. And he was like, well... When your brother's at stake, what's honor? Tyrion realizes that Rob is... Tyrion is clever enough to realize that Rob will never consent to ransom me. I'm too valuable. And she's like, again, he's making fucking sense. Mm -hmm. Like, and she says, uh, yeah, I can't deny it. Rob's bannerman would sooner see you dead. Rickard Karstark in particular, as you slew two of his sons in the Whispering Wood. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the two with the Starburst banner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, But any other knight just like me would have done the same thing in the heat of battle. Truth be told, I was trying to kill your son. Like, it wasn't them I was trying to kill, but they got in the way, and it was a fair fight in the heat of battle. Any knight would, like, right. How are you, that's valid. Why is Rickard Karstark got such a fucking stick up his asshole? Yeah. Like, like it was a battle, and your son's lost to Jamie Lannister. Sucks to suck, dude. Like, I understand he's the Kingslayer. I understand Holding the motivation. Holding a personal vendetta, vendetta against like, him doesn't, like... It's not it's the Red battle. Wedding yet. It, right. It, like, that's something that you exact vengeance on, And right? she asks him how he can still even call himself a knight at this point. Kingslayer. And yeah. again, one of his best. Because, uh, you, yeah, you've forsaken every vow you've ever sworn. Right. And he's like, so many vows. Yeah, like, he just lists Obey all... your king, defend the king, obey your father, obey the law. Now, I think this comes up, isn't this in the hot tub in, in the show with yes, Brienne yep. and that line? Yeah, yeah. Brienne so, is the one who calls him on the oath. And... I really like that it's going to Catelyn mm-hmm. here, because that's going to play a big part on <clears throat> um, Brienne getting to stay alive at the end of Dance. Yeah. And the Jamie arc in particular come wins. Yeah, and essentially it boils down to no matter what you're doing, you're forsaking one oath for another. And then he he's getting drunk slowly at this point, but he kind of leans his head back and thinks and contemplates, I was the youngest to ever wear the white cloak. And again, Katz, you were the youngest to ever betray everything it stood for. That's where she calls him Kingslayer. King and he. this is where we start learning that it, it bugs him. And he doesn't s- like it. such a king he was, and he toasts him to Ares Targaryen and the sword that opened his throat. A golden sword, did you know, until his blood ran it red. And those are Lannister colors, and he starts to chuckle. And that's when she's like, oh... 
He's fucking shit He's getting shitty. He hasn't drank in over like a year. Oh and yeah, half. dude. And he he's probably eating very little. Next like, to nothing. Like he is trash. Only a man like you would be proud of such an act. She tells him, and again, he's like, "I told you, there are no men like me." And then he asks, "Did Ned ever tell you the manner of his father and brother's death?" And I like this because she she's like, "I oh, know, I don't. They're dead. What's dead is dead, dead, is dead, and we don't need to hear about that." Well, she wanna... answers you that they strangled Brandon and or, killed Rick on while he watched. Rickard. Rickard, sorry. Yeah, and he says, "You know, Brandon was different than Ned. Blood in his veins instead of cold water. More like me." He just said, "There's not men. There are no men like me." Mm-hmm. Not anymore, apparently. Not anymore. And she says he was nothing like you, and I think that she is so fucking wrong. Yeah. So. Oh, wrong. I agree. He was a hothead. Yeah. He absolutely was exactly. described as a hothead, and I just think she doesn't want to. I also like the point that she she just thinks I I do not want to know this. I don't want to know this road that like this story that he wants to tell me because obviously. If there's something that, that like, he's, he's urging, then it's not going to be good. Yeah. yeah, and so she says, Brandon was nothing like you, and recounts basically the last time she saw him that he was on his way to River Run when he heard news of Liana being taken and went to King's Landing instead. Her father had called him a gallant fool yeah. for doing so. I like that Jamie kind of jumps in. He's like, yes, he arrived there. With and some companions. Was, yeah, some friends. And she lists them all off. I didn't write them Yeah, down no, I didn't reason, write all but... of them. But she, I, dude, this story, he, Jamie, yeah, because he picks it up. He rode into the Red Keep shouting for Rhaegar to come out and die. But Prince Rhaegar wasn't there. And, like, just that, like, Brandon just uh, riding into the fucking yeah. Red Keep. Like, Rhaegar! Fucking, come oh, out and what die. a fight that would have like, been. Like, oh, and uh, he was arrested. Ares had the guard, guard sent and arrested all him and his companions. And they were forced to have their fathers come and bend the knee, answer for the charge. Yeah, and swear fealty to him, and then they would be let go, potentially. When the fathers would come, he killed fathers and sons both without a trial. I mean, there was technically a trial, but. For instance... Well, was... I, uh, real quick, it was Ethan Glover was Brandon right. Squire and the only survivor, so I'll be... Uh, I actually have never really paid attention to him before, so I'll be curious to see if he's... Ethan Glover. ...kicking around somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And the rest were accused of treason, and they were all killed, yeah. Then Jamie then notes, yeah, yeah, there were trials of a sort. Lord so, Rickard. Yeah, Lord Rickard was... He demanded a trial by combat, and so he got to put on his armor... And went into the throne room. Throne room? I like throne. that Jamie was like, yeah, he may have even been expecting to fight, like, me, one of the king's yeah, guard. one of us. But, Instead, nope. he was suspended over a brazier where there were fires being lit and stoked because fire was the champion of House Targaryen. All he had to do was not burn. You just gotta live. You just gotta be Danny. Brandon was bought, brought in. A leather cord around his neck attached to a device that Ares had gotten from Tyroche. And a longsword was placed just out of his reach. Rickard would cook in his armor unless Brandon freed him. But the more Brandon tried, the tighter the cord lashed around his throat. And in the end, he strangled himself. Yeah, so it's basically like, what, Saw 3 or whichever one it is where there weren't actually any ways to win the puzzle. Right. And he just was, here, go kill yourself. Lord Rickard cooked in his armor. I stood at the foot of the Iron Throne, filling my head with thoughts of Cersei. 
and afterward Gerald Hightower took me aside and said, We swore a vow to guard the king, not judge him. And that was Gerald Hightower, loyal to a fault. Dude. So, he was a kid, what was he, 16? Jamie was 16, yeah. When, and so he's... Clearly, there's some hardcore PTSD for this guy oh, here oh, as yeah. well. He was 16 and had to just sit there and think of his sister, the, the person he loved. You know, I'm go to gonna... his happy place. Yes, yeah, because he was sitting there watching a man melt, watching burn alive, a, a father cook. and son, like who the father's the watching son his strangles. son strangle himself oh while the father's burning as the father's watching, and them. then has to be taken like because that. He says he remembers Gerald Hightower taking him, but I feel like that was Gerald Hightower taking this 16-year-old kid by the shoulders to the side and going, listen, you're, dude, it's fucked. It's not our job to fucking judge him, though. We just obey. You can't. I, I know. You're, yeah. you're done for life. You're, you're, you're a fucked guy now. Catelyn <laughs> uh, tastes bile at this and says that Ares was mad. The whole realm knew it. But if you'd have me believe that you slew him to avenge Brandon Stark. Yeah, fuck the Starks. I don't like them. It wasn't anything to do with them. Yeah, they were enough, never anything to me. And he goes on to say that your Ned should have kissed the hand that slew Ares. But instead, he preferred to scorn the arse on Robert's throne. I think Ned loved him better than his brother or his father, or even you, my lady. He was never unfaithful to Robert, was he? And then he just laughs, and he's like, isn't this all terribly amusing? (laughs) And she's like, I find nothing about you amusing, Kingslayer. There it is. There's that name again. That name again. I don't think I do want to fuck you. I think that I'd rather just not. Your little finger is sloppy seconds, aren't you? Didn't he have you first? Ooh. And uh, then he goes on to say, and you aren't half so lovely as Cersei. So, like, yak, yak, yak. Which reminds me, technically, I've been more faithful than your Ned because I've only ever been with her. Who's, what's that, what's that bastard's name? Poor old dead Ned. What's his bastard's name? What's that guy? It's Snow. So, well, Cat turns and... Brienne, and he's like, nope, that's not it. That's not it the one. It was something, uh, Snow. That's it. Such a white name. White and pretty like the cloaks they give the Kingsguard when we say our pretty vows. This guy is shitty. Yeah. So Brienne opens the door and steps in. My lady. And Catelyn holds out her hand and says, give me your sword. Now, good on Martin for just that. That that's such a fucking cliffhanger. Oh yeah, yeah. Just a huge. Because you don't know. Like it, it's not an immediate. Oh, she killed him. It's a what did she do here? Well, like, you. But I mean, you do sort of assume. Well, he's straight up saying like, "Fuck Ned, your dead husband." So yeah, you're kind of like she has to go and just cut his throat out. Yeah, like but... what else would she do? You wouldn't. I mean, not that you wouldn't or couldn't, but like. It's just so unlikely that she's going to go in there and free him to trade him oh, for yeah, her daughter. Oh, yeah, not even necessarily free, but, like, just what could she be doing? Yeah, yeah. The the what it's left on. And I just, I love the the last taste we're left with, with Jamie, just of how he is and the way he thinks and how he interacts with people because him and Brienne are some of the best interactions in the series. So you got an inductee? Yeah, I'm going to give it to the Gaylor. Because that dude's just trying to do his job. He's probably going to get in a shitload of trouble because he let Catelyn in there who frees this guy. That means they're likely going to knock him the fuck out on the way out. But, like, 
that guy just, you know, he's he's going to be having a rough few weeks here soon. So I'm going to bring in the Gaylor. The Gaylor. All right, word. Mine is going to be Brandon Stark because I love the fucking Red Keep. Dude. Like him going in and calling out Rhaegar and yes. his just hot-headed rage fucking come out and die. So uh, Brandon Stark for being the fucking lovable hothead stud that half the realm loved and who lost his life to the Mad King for being a shit. I'm going to go ahead and read June's email, Archmaester June. Um, It's a a pretty hearty one, but I really like just about everything she says in this, and so I'll try to get through it as quickly and concisely as I can. Feel free to stop if you need me to, if you want to interject your shit. Hello. Great Tyrion episode. Loved it. The next chapter is a perfect companion. We see the juxtaposition of two mothers trying to navigate a dangerous world which threatens to consume them and their children whole and spit them out. In Cersei's case, she is foolish enough to think that she has neutralized her biggest threat by hitting Tyrion where it hurts. She is trying to protect her children, but she seems to be mainly enjoying the cruelty of her actions for their own sake. Her lack of empathy or contrition regarding the death of Bran and Rickon show the hard, callous person underneath. Look at how she treats Tommen in her feast chapters. The reaction of Catelyn to the loss of her children draws close parallels between herself and Cersei. You can feel her humanity seeping out her pores as she thirsts for vengeance. She wants them all dead. Her kill list reminds us of Arya's prayer. Just another stream of death. What will it achieve? The time she takes to interrogate Jaime allows her time to reflect and decide on action rather than simply reacting and putting that sword through him. Her actions are, of course, considered reckless by Rob's bannerman, but I think she showed great restraint given the situation. Ultimately, Westerosi society brings women out, uses them as breeding machines, placing the huge responsibility of ensuring the future of their families on their shoulders while giving them almost no agency. Then their children become fodder to keep the power structure intact, sacrificed out of hand at the whim of the men in command of the game. I think Lady Stoneheart is born in this chapter. Mm. The process of Catelyn going from a loving mother to a hollow shell full of hate and vengeance is well underway. The difference with Cersei is that she gets there without the death and resurrection part. Her inductee, Brienne, always Brienne. Her gentle sympathy and protective presence is just a breath of fresh air in this story. Could not agree more. Thank you so much, I'm Archmaster. And, like, I, I in no way, shape, or form mean this in a derogatory term. Brienne is, like, or in a derogatory way, she's, like, the, the, the anxiety dog. Like, she's just this big, floppy puppy yeah. that, like, is just so sweet. And, like, she tries to take Cat's hand but, like, doesn't want to make, like, unnecessary or unwanted gestures and like god damn it Brienne yeah, you're I've, just awesome that's it I've mentioned it before that my first read or two I didn't I wasn't a big fan but now I'm a, I'm just a, the biggest fanboy of some <laughs> Brienne Tarth so we also got yes. an inductee thank you Archmaster June we also got an inductee from Julian in France and he says hello boys intense chapter first a sadness and it appears clear that Catelyn is on her way to becoming obsessed with revenge does she doubt Littlefinger about the dagger yet hard to tell but that whole conversation with Jamie was so great. It is kind of the first time we get a long talk involving him, so I get to discover his train of thoughts, love for his family, and overall intelligence. Brilliant chapter, really. As for my inductee, well, this is hard. There are so many choices here. So many important characters are mentioned, especially during the cell talk. Why not induct Sansa? In this chapter, she was referred by her mother as the pretty thing, but she's so much more. The little bird is growing, and God, I wish Catelyn could see it. 
Have a good night, guys. Valar Tullieris. Tullieris. Um, maybe that she That makes will me see. sad. That makes me sad, maybe though. Maybe she will see. Maybe Lady Stoneheart will see, but she's a cold bitch. Like, what do you th- expect from that encounter? Uh, a warm, loving reunion that restores Catelyn to the loving mother she is. Yeah, Disney ending. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, all right. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Archmaester June. Those were our thoughts, feelings, and opinions. That was it for Cat. All so, done with Cat for Clash of Rob, Kings. Rob, Cat, and Jamie are pretty much tied up for this book, so we'll see them in A Storm of Swords. Storm of Swords. We might get a little bit of talk. Yeah, we'll get some talk, but, I'm sure. But yeah. So next we're going to be joining Theon. This is Theon's second to last, so it is not yet his last, but uh, and that'll, close. Be, that'll be Theon 5. Theon 6 is his last. Yes. So send us in inductees for Theon 5, and after Theon, I believe we're in to Blackwater, motherfucker. Blackwater. And I think it's Davos. Sweet, so sweet. we're getting there, folks. We're about to finish this book. Send us inductees for the last few chapters that we got. Yeah, and then we'll be prepping for that uh, that Storm of Swords. Fuck yes. It's gonna be sick. Alrighty, Valadar Harris. Peace. Peace.